Good evening. Welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Usual. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptoff, C70. It's about at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Alan Medlock from Red Dirt Redbird and A Medlock One on Twitter. We're doing this on Thursday night, a little bit different than our normal Friday mornings. Um, we are less than, what, we're 21 hours, 20, 20 hours roughly away from the trading deadline, for whatever that means to Cardinal fans. Um, before we get into the trade stuff, Alan, let's talk a little bit about this week. You know, after the Cardinals go, drop two or three to Cincinnati, split with the Indians, and it's, again, they're not mathematically eliminated. They're not even completely out of the woods, but this team just can't string a lot of wins together, it doesn't feel like. No, and it's just like you'd posted earlier this week that that you need a, you know, 10 to 12, 10 to 15, you know, mm-hmm. something like that to start making up some ground, which I, I still feel like they, ha- they have good baseball in front of them. I just don't know if they're going to be able to get out of their own way, you know, before someone has a double digit lead on them. Right. Um, the, uh, um, I wasn't necessarily surprised about the split in Cleveland. I always feel like the Mer- the American league ballparks. And when you add the DH and stuff like that, I just think there's a, an oddity to it. That's to go to that's tough to go in and win a series. And to be honest, Cleveland's basically in the same exact situation that the Cardinals are in. They have to win mm-hmm. as well. I was disappointed to go into Cincinnati and lose two out of three. I mean, I can, I can tell you after, after winning the three or four from Chicago, a series that you had to take then to go in there and lay two eggs when you had a chance to win really bothered me. And I can tell you the point, the exact situation that bothered me. I hated having the situation where they're gifting you a win with the bases loaded due to walks and you O'Neill and DeYoung back-to-back strikeouts to end the rally. Mm. It is wind out of your sails type situation. And I have a feeling you're going to run into that a lot. Um, other than that, I mean, no surprise. I mean, they're, they're, they're playing like a 500 team, like their record indicates. And I, I, I hope and feel that they're going to lose that trailer and go on a small run at, at some point. But when you look at it and you're down to uh, those uh, last 62 games, it's, it's tough to make up ground unless you go on a serious run. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, even, I mean, if the Cardinals won two out of every three, they went down the rest of the way. Yeah. They'd be all right. But just barely, you know. I mean, they got to do they got to do just about win every series in that regard, unless you're going to sweep some here and there. And there's, you know, September is a tough month. From August is all right. They can do a lot of damage and pull up pileups of wins in August. But you know, September they've got the Dodgers, they've got the Padres, they got a lot of games with the Brewers. Um, you know, they're going to have to really make some hay this coming month, as you know, a couple of days from now starts August, um, <clears throat> or they're going to be. You know, they're going to be playing September without any kind of reasonable chance. And, I, you know, you don't want to say that with so many games left with the Brewers, but the Brewers are a team that's improving themselves right now, uh, a team that is, real, is, is good. I mean, as this is flat out. You know, I think we kind of expect the Brewers to kind of come back to the pack as, as their history has shown, but, you know, I'm not 100% sure they're going to do that. And then, you know, the Reds are – one, they've made trades this week to shore up their biggest weakest, which is that bullpen. Uh, Joey Votto is apparently like lit, literally on fire right now. Yes. Um, and you know they just won three of four from the the Cubs, which granted the Cubs are starting to, to sell down, and well, we'll talk about their moves here in a minute. Um, but they're still, I mean, the Reds feel like they might be finding their footing right now. So if you're trying to deal with the Reds and the Brewers. 
Um, you know, unless they can meet up on each other a little bit. And I think they've played most of their games already. Um, that's a, that just makes it even harder. And then you get into the wild card spot, but you know, with all the rumors that are going on about, you know, San Diego getting Max Scherzer, if you know, that look, that was almost like done deal earlier today. Now it seems to be a little bit more hesitant. Um, but things like that and the Dodgers making moves, it really feels like out of those three teams in the, in the NL West, two of them are going to be in the wild card game. It just really, it's hard to imagine the Cardinals overtaking one of those teams because they feel like, I mean, to me, it feels like those teams are just, a, you know, a different tier than what the Cardinals are. A little bit of sustainability. I mean, I, I agree with that. It's uh, and you know that back to your point about the Brewers and and the Reds. I think that that you could probably point to a situation where the where the Brewers are going to run into innings problems at some point. You know, with the guys, they've tried to manipulate it the best they can, but it could happen with their big three and could put them in a little bit of trouble, bring them back to the pack a little bit. But then, just like you and I have been talking about, they're involved in every way to improve that team. They're involved with everybody. And you're just like, I understand that they're that that they're trying. the The counterpoint is going to be, well, their system's depleted, but man, they're making the run with the team that they have, right. and that's that's something that I would like to see the Cardinals do at least once. So be the aggressor, be the one to step your foot out and and go and do these things instead of worrying about you know four or five years down the line as much as they do. It put as much emphasis on that as they do. Um, it's kind of got them into an in between spot right now, and they're they're either the guys that they banked on need to start playing well, or they need to do some things to, to improve the big league roster. You see that with Milwaukee all the time. I mean, they felt they, they traded their starting shortstop to start the season and they thought that they would, they had a, uh, you know, a bandaid type situation that may work. They saw that it didn't work and they go get a Domus and then they hit, then they catch fire. Then they go yesterday and they get Escobar who is going to be, you know, basically, He's going to be a third baseman and possibly a bench bat. And they're just just stockpiling talent. Like you and I were talking, I keep, hate to keep saying that, but in our text messages, this is kind of how it goes. It would be nice to be a team like the Padres who trade for the National League hits leader and tell him you're going to play three or four positions and maybe come off the bench. The Cardinals would never do that. They would never put themselves in an uncomfortable, uncomfortable situation to go too deep on their bench. It's it's just not how... It's just not how they're, they've uh, set this roster up. I think that's where some of the, the disappointment comes in and some of the re, some of the ways that you can point to these other teams being so so being progressive and moving up in the standings and Cardinal the Cardinals being stuck in the mud. Yeah. Of course, you know, and again, I, I get that it's different talent level and I guess it's a different schedule. But, you know, when we're talking here, you wouldn't have necessarily thought that well, okay, never mind. I read that wrong. I was thinking that the Padres were not that far. They're eight games better than the Cardinals um, that are right now. I was reading, I was looking at something a little bit wrong, but still, I mean, that did feel like a team that was going to just come out and, and dominate this offseason. And they've done a pretty good job. They've hit a few bumps in the road, too. It, and the Padres have that history, right? They've, they've been able to win the, win, win the offseason, if you will, and then struggle in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So, and the Cardinals just, I don't, they're not willing to take that risk, um, which is somewhat fair. I mean, I, I get that. I don't really want to see the Cardinals, um, you know, in a, you know, last place or anything like that in, in the division. Um, but there's got to be some sort of balance of taking a little bit more of that risk, like you said, of, you know, maybe it not panning out. But if it does, you're really good now. You know, I don't know. I mean, I look at I'm looking at the Padres right now. You know, and I don't remember exactly when they've done all of their. Of course, one of the reasons they're good is Fernando Tatis. They were able to draft him because they were bad. You know, and that's other things like that. So, you know, you know they were in 2018 and 2019. They were last place in that division. Oh, you know, they're, they've been bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, but, it, it's it's not tough to look at the baseball reference page to see what San Diego had to go through to yeah, get here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that would not work in St. Louis. Yeah. And that's the thing. Without – because the Cardinals have done a, a good job as of late of drafting. But the idea that they're going to have this huge superstar – you know, Dylan Carlson is probably going to be a very fine player. Um, and Dylan Carlson may be an all-star. Dylan Carlson is never going to probably be the face of baseball. 
you know, like Fernando Tatis or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or people like that, uh, which some of that's marketing, obviously, but some of it is, you know, talent level. Um, and those kind of guys just aren't going to get to the Cardinals when they're playing, you know, 83 to 80, 90, 88, 90 wins every year. Um, so they got to do what they can with the people they do. And I don't know. It just feels like at times that model needs to be tweaked. And like you said, to be a little bit more aggressive. Do you think that they might've been more aggressive this year? Had it not been for the fact that so many people are not going to be there next year. You know what I'm saying? That they're like, they're planning a little bit of a remodel in this off season instead of needing just one piece here to go for it. Um, they're going to kind of, you know, look for pieces that maybe they can carry over, but they're really going to try to, you know, remake the team in the off season. Uh, you, you probably had, I mean, you're probably onto something there because I feel like, uh, two of the ways that they're going to, uh, remake it are guys that will almost certainly be on the big league roster at some point next year. And that's Gorman and Libertor. And I'm sure mm-hmm. those, that's where all the trades started. Trade stocks talk started. I, you know how we see, we see a lot of the names and Barrios is always the one that sticks out to me. Right. Of having the controllable years, I think that's I think that's more important to the Cardinals than uh, than anything right now, and uh, th- you know th- that may make some sense to where they're going to have money off the books. They feel like they can they can play next year in uh, some of those higher markets of uh, free agents, but you know it's it's one of those to where I've grown less and less enthusiastic about them at the trade deadline. And that has run has rolled over into the off season as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the Arnado deal had turned out to be. Listen, I, we're all happy that that happened. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. But even that has its own wrinkles that had to favor the Cardinals. You know what I mean by that? Right. With the money and stuff like that. I mean, it was not. They didn't go like, "Hey, we're going to get the best third baseman on the market right away." They ultimately did, but then you kind of then you find out that, that you know. Colorado's paying for him and all kinds of deals where it was almost too, too good to be true. So they just don't make those kind of moves that often. And I would think that that's probably some of the hesitancy now is where they can't get the guys with control. And I'm not necessarily advocating for them to get rental players either, because there is a lot of ground to make up, but I just, it's the, the setting on your hands aspect is what's tough. And, to be to turn around and say, well, we were active and brought in so many pitchers. That's kind of a slap in the face when you realize all these are DFA guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, quantity does not equal quality. One hundred percent. We know that, and and you know, it's one of those two. Not to just keep throwing out cliches, but activity doesn't necessarily equal productivity. You know, and that's one of those. You were you were trying to get innings. You were trying to find any innings you can because you were running out of them on the mound. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that, that, those were almost by pure need, not want. Yeah, and it's not – I mean, you've said it, I know, a number of times that they need to be able to, to take a risk at taking a loss on a trade yeah. or a contract because sometimes you can take a loss on that and still be productive. I mean, we're sure. not saying, you know – you want to see one of those situations where, you know, they spend 10, you know, $20 million on a guy that does nothing. But, you know, if he gives you $15 million worth of production for 20 million, yeah, you may have lost the contract, but you've still gotten $15 million worth of production. And that could be enough when you put it with everybody else to get you over the hump. Um, But right now, or, you know, but I think that I got to wonder how much this, you know, drum beat, of Luke Voigt, Randy Rosarena, um, Cindy Alcantara, Zach yeah. Allen, that drumbeat starts beating on that front office to the point that they get a little hesitant to make any kind of Luke Voigt um, to get anybody done. Even though, you know, I mean, Rosarena had the time of his life at the biggest stage. So that's always going to burn you, but he's slowed down some this year. I haven't looked at his numbers lately. I know that there was a tweet going around a week or so ago about how he had his, you know, kind of calmed down, if you will. Um, and some of these other guys that just weren't going to work here again, I don't think anybody would trade Luke Voigt for Paul Goldschmidt, especially cause you're not going to get the Luke Voigt that New York guy. Um, but you know, I, I do wonder if they don't get a little hesitant knowing that if they trade, Zach Thompson 
and next year he's on the you know the the Minnesota Twins as they're going into the playoffs and he's their like number two starter or something that they're not going to hear well we can't make trades you know and I think that you know to some degree the fan base likes to have it both ways too yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense I mean it's uh you know and this could be public posturing I don't know but I noticed that uh, that Mo brought it up brought up the Rosarena deal quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, in the off season, yeah. and that may be a safe face as well. I don't know in off season and during the early part of this season. So, uh, so yeah, I'm sure there's probably a little bit of fear on that. I just, it's it's one of those to where they just, we have seen this what they're doing right now, mm-hmm. and the reason I feel like they're going to improve is they have two stars on the corner infield who haven't who haven't lived up to their between potential. Now the flip side on that, you're going to have the guys that are question that hey they're on the they're on the downside of their career or a he's not hitting in Colorado anymore. Mm-hmm. You're going to hit you're going to hear that. I mean you, sure. you can poke holes in any story, but those two guys alone I felt like would make a big difference this year. But I mean the outfield is kind of shaken out a little bit. I think that their their gamble has somewhat paid off. We haven't mm-hmm. seen it for a full season yet, but right, it's getting there. But the thing is, it just seems like the, like a, if you feel like if you truly feel like you're close and that you could see a uh, a uh, a fallback from the Brewers and you feel like you know what Cincinnati is, I feel like you could supplement somewhere to bring someone in to to ignite that clubhouse a little bit to make you better. I feel like that player exists. I just don't think they're looking for that. And for the fourth year in a row, maybe more than that, it's they they're gonna stand pat and go, you know, bottom feeding again. And just to supplement what they think is there that, that can take off. But I don't know if that exists. You know, I, I know I they kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth on this because I do think they have better baseball ahead of them, but could they have, you know, a, you know, 20 and five run in them if you bring somebody else in? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to know. I mean, you know, I think that we also know Cardinals aren't real great and not real comfortable in bidding wars. Um, you know, with the news today that Barrios' market has kind of spiked and everybody's calling on that, I think that puts the Cardinals even farther away from that, right? I mean, because they're not going to be able to give up that prospects that would get them at least to, you know, grab some interest. You know, they're not going to give up the Libertor. They're not going to give up the Gorman. They're not going to give up the Walker. I mean, Mose even said those three guys are, he didn't say they were untouchable, but they're pretty close. Um, you know, does that change for a guy like Trey Turner? You know, I don't know. I would, I mean, I know you, you're, you're, you're much more likely to get rid of prospects anyway. Um, and I know how much you like Trey Turner, but there would be an argument, I guess, if you could get him for a package that's headlined by Gorman to do that. Right. Cause he would take care of, you know, a lot of, of issues. Yeah, no, I, I, that's the, I completely agree. I mean, you would, you would have a proven all-star in your lineup every day. Now he, you know, it's, you have, I mean, you, he, Turner to me is such a, uh, he's such an impact player and realizing that, well, you know, where he is in his career. I mean, he's, he's not even arbitration eligible yet, mm-hmm. you know, one of those things. So it's going to cost you money, but it's going to be dictated money basically. And I, so the way that I look at prospects is, Pick any year in the last 20, pick the top 20 prospects that year and see how many of them you remember. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those type situations. Probably not as many as you think. So the crapshoot to me is worth it to get a proven guy. I mean, that's that's just how I feel. And, you know, if, you, if you're proven wrong, pat him on the back, you're proven wrong. I mean, it, it can sting, but that's baseball. But I, I always go with a proven commodity over the prospect. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Of course, it's hard to know necessarily because some of these guys, you just know, not necessarily, but yeah, I pulled up the top, uh, this is the top 101 prospects from 2015. So that's what, six years ago. And, and most of these guys have done all right with, for themselves. Uh, you know, Byron Buxton was number one. He's had his issues, but he's done, I mean, and now, I mean, you're looking six years from now, you know, it's, you know, are you willing to wait on a guy for five or six years? No, he's had injuries. Uh, second was Addison Russell. That's a whole different subject. Um, Carlos Correa, three. Francisco Lindor, four. Chris Bryant, five. 
Lucas Gilito, six, Corey Seager, seven, Dylan Bundy, eight, Syndergaard, nine, Helio Urias, 10. Um, but, you know, again, I think all of those guys, to go to really to kind of go to your point, it, all of those guys were like number one, number two, number three draft picks, right? Most of them were. Um, the Cardinals aren't getting those guys. They're getting guys that are, you know, well out of this top 10. Um, you know, if you look at what eight, let's see what 18 or 19 on this list, which is where the Cardinals would be drafting in a normal situation, it's Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler, which Soler, which are good players, but they aren't, you know, super all stars either. So, you know, that might be worth giving up. Then you got a guy up here, Robert Stevenson was 16th. You know, these guys bust. So, you know, I don't know. Um, oh, interesting. Joey Gallo was number 15 as a third baseman back then. So, um, so yeah, I, I, you do run that risk, but I think you're right to some regard is, you know, we like to build these guys up as the next big thing. And, and I think Kyle, you know, Kyle has said, you know, if they can be a fourth outfielder in the major leagues, that's a huge success for the front, the front, the, um, the farm system. And that's not what we want as fans. We want to see a guy that's going to come in here and not only be a starter, but be a, you know, an all-star. No, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's – how good does Nolan Gorman have to be for you to forget Trey Turner? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, that's – I mean, that that's, to me, that's it's just on a different level. Well, and it's always going to be about the big moments, right? You know, if you win a World Series with Trey Turner, you don't worry about Nolan Gorman. But, you know – if Trey Turner, well, it's like Marcelo Ozuna, right? Ozuna comes over, does it produce like he wanted to. And, you know, a lot of people would like to have Alcantara and, and Gallon back, you know, um, if they can, you know, so there, it's just a gamble. I mean, that's what trades are, but the Cardinals just don't seem to want to do that. And again, I don't want them to mortgage their future. I don't want them to give up guys that they expect, especially the guys that are going to pan out for next year. Right. I mean, if they're looking at guys, four or five years down the line, then I think it's worth the, the trade-off especially because you really don't know what's going to happen in that time period. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of, it's just weird. I, I just feel like the, I just feel like the Cardinals front office, which I love mm-hmm. is stuck in between, <sighs> stuck in between the fear that, that everybody is, um, Dombrowski, and flip it, and we'll trade everything. And then you go and look at a preller who will do that as well, and does right. it on an anal- on a li- analytical side, you know. And I just feel like they're in the middle, and they're afraid to be either one of those. Yeah, seems seems to be. Um, and I, you know, again, I don't know what shakes them out of it. Honestly, I mean, because if they're competitive. Well, they're, they're going to be happy with what they have, and they'll try sure. to keep around the edges. Yeah. If they're not competitive, then they, you know, kind of like what they're doing this year, they're going to just hang around and maybe do something small. You know, I don't know if, a, you know, if they finished under 500, would that, I mean, and that's, again, that's going to have to get you active in the offseason versus, you know, midseason. But, I mean, they just don't do that, right? They talk about dry powder, they have in the past, but, all the big moves from Mo since what 2011 have been in the off season. He just the, the trading deadline is just pick up your you know pick up your outfielder or, or pick up <laughs> your uh, middle relief guy and and call it a day. And mm-hmm. you know the teams in the past which had a lot of young talent and not necessarily a lot of holes. Maybe you could do that with, but this team. If you're gonna make if you're gonna want to make that big run, you've got to do something to supplement it. And I, I don't know. I just I just can't see them selling a whole lot of you know giving up a whole lot to try to get a guy for such a you know such a climb that they have. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I, I think that's probably the whole that's probably the wholesale opinion of the front office as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you but you're not gonna see it publicly, and and it's just, it just becomes frustrating. Because you're just like, okay, so this is going to be the same group that we had this year. And they'll probably be better. But how much better are they going to be? 
Yeah. You know, what, where are we on this? I mean, that's, I point to this all the time. 2019, DeYoung had 30 homers and 30 doubles, and he has completely fallen off the map. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his extra base hits go over the fence, but that's about the only extra base hits he, he, he gets anymore. You know, what's the, where's the disconnect on this? You know, and what are we supposed to look at for a turnaround on it? You know, you know what I mean? I yeah. mean, it's, it's a tough situation. They're, they're just, they're, they're stuck in the middle and some of the decisions just haven't worked out. So, I, I mean, and they're kind of afraid to make, make some different, you know, they're afraid to, to redirect off where they're from. It's funny. All I could think about when you were talking just a second ago, of just grabbing the, uh, Hey, ancillary bullpen piece or the ancillary outfielder or the mm-hmm. things that they've done, you know, throughout, they're the ones that always use the line. Hey, we just don't want to make a trade to make a trade. Right. You know, they're the ones that use that line. Right. But that's what they do. You know, it's, I don't it's difficult sometimes. I mean, to see, I did not think they would do much this offseason or this, uh, this um, deadline, right. you know, and, and they, right. maybe they shouldn't because their, their hands are a little bit tied, but I don't like the idea of doing nothing either. And that's that's what I feel like they fall into too often. Should they should they push for a Scherzer or a story? I mean, because those are for me, it's kind of like they're not close enough for that for even a great player like either one of those guys. And I know Story's kind of having an off year, but you know, either one of those guys coming in would would help this team. But I don't think they're close enough to make that move. And I just feel like. You know, if you want Scherzer, go make a play for him in the offseason. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of where I'm at now is, you know, yes, I'd love to have him, but I just, you know, what for what it's going to cost and for the, you know, to try to make up basically nine games is, is hard. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of what we've been talking around here. Sure. Just, uh, go ahead. No, if, if you want to know my opinion on how I would handle it, I would stay away from all the rental guys. And I yeah. know, and I know the, uh, the um, I know the emotional drive for Scherzer would make a lot of sense, but I'm 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 with you. If you really want that, go see what you can get for a 37 year old on the free agent market in the off season. You know what yeah. I mean? That's gonna that's gonna fill your stadium to see him there. I just think that your Trey Turner's, your Jose Ramirez, your Barrios, you know, guys like that. I think you can improve for years down the line by making these kind of t- these kind of deals. And yeah, it may sting a little bit, but you're going to have them. You know, that's, yeah. uh, that's my, that's my thing with it. I wish they would really roll the dice on guys like that and not necessarily go get the rentals. Yeah. And honestly, I, I worry about Scherzer. I know he's been great. I know he still is great, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm, I'm half afraid as soon as the Cardinals got him, yeah. you know, that cause he's 37, you know, and at some point in time, life catches up with you, although it hasn't for Alan Wade, right? So maybe who knows, but I'm still afraid that they'd spend a whole lot of money and things go downhill. And yeah, now if the rumors were true and I don't know that they are, because we haven't heard anything about it now, but the idea that, that uh, Scherzer was going to demand an extension if he got traded and now that's a different, you know, maybe you do trade for him now and get that extension. But, you know, honestly, I, I just don't see that being the case, but you're right. No, like, yeah. like Barrios, a guy like Turner that you can at least carry into, you know, another year and then you talk extension or whatever the case may be. That seems to be a kind of a deal that they probably should be making. But again, I just don't feel like they want to get into the bidding war that those kind of guys are going to require. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. And it's, uh, you know, it's one of those, anytime I hear, yeah, they're going to, we're going to request an extension. That's going to be a lot of the talk. You don't have to look on baseball reference very hard to see who their representation is. Yeah. You know, that's that, 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 that speaks volumes this time of year. Yeah. Let's uh, before we talk any more about the Cardinals and trades and and other things that they may need to do or what they should have done. I want to talk. We'll talk a little bit here about the Cubs and they traded Anthony Rizzo today. And of course, Cardinals haven't had deal. Cardinal fans haven't had to deal with this, right? We haven't had them trade off a kind of an icon of the franchise. You know, like Rizzo's been there for quite some time. He won the world. He's part of that 2016 core. He's a, you know, and it's the same thing. They're going to probably have to deal with Chris Bryant and things of that nature coming soon. But those two guys, especially, you know, a lot of people tied into that. Um, for them not to play today, at, at not even a pinch hit in the ninth inning when the game was pretty much out of uh, gone. Yeah. 
um, feels like to me a pretty much a slap in the face to fans. I mean, it, and I don't think that's something that would happen in St. Louis, right? They're either trading those guys before the game or they're playing them while they can. I just, I just can't imagine. I'm really surprised, you know, cause you and I were sitting there talking. It's like, well, if they're not playing them, that may mean they're going to hold on to them because, you know, otherwise you get them out there in front of their fans for the last time, at least, you know, some sort of, you know, ceremonial, you know, pinch hit, let them tap, tap their cap and stuff like that. Just in case. I mean, golly, Albert Pujols was getting standing ovations from what, like mid September on in 2011, just in case he was leaving. Um, you know, give the fans a chance to do that. I, I, I don't think that's something St. Louis would do it. It's really tough on Cubs fans. I would think to see him go out without that last, you know, goodbye type of thing. Yeah, it was surprising. And I thought the same thing. I was like, you know what? They're going to be in the lineup tomorrow. And then we find out that they're gone, you know, type of situation. Yeah. But, you know, with it being four o'clock central, they, they probably would have had to play today. So that, I don't know, it was such a weird deal. It was a strange, the, the finality of that club has been, it's been something to watch. You know, yeah. they felt done. And then to come out in public, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of surprised I've held on to the guys as long as they have. I mean, it's, it's really bizarre. Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, no games start till seven o'clock. Six o'clock Eastern tomorrow. Yeah. So, and that's the Cubs game. Is the first Cubs and Nationals are, are there, but you know, so there's nobody playing tomorrow afternoon. So anybody's going to get traded. Any hug watch you got is coming tonight. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I would, I would not be. I'm sure Cub fans aren't. Um, and I they deserve, they deserve better than that. And Rizzo and Bryant deserve better than that. I, there's a thing going around on Twitter not now of, of Rizzo and his family taking pictures at Wrigley Field. I saw that. You know, yeah. um, you know, him out in the Ivy and stuff. I mean, this is a these are guys who've given a lot, like everything. Ten uh, years there. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, he hardly re- probably remembers any place else. And Chris Bryant never has played any place else. And to not be able to be recognized for that. And I know they'll get nice ovations whenever they come back, whenever that may be. I know. Um, you know, Rizzo going to the Yankees, he won't play there again this year. And I, it depends on where he signs as free agent, I guess. But, um, yeah, I just, I, that really surprised me that they didn't at least let them do a pinch hit there in the ninth. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I saw, I saw a clip that, uh, Bryant was about to hit before it uh, ended, but, uh, you know, that's, you know, neither here nor there at this point, but yeah, it just, just a bizarre, bizarre, I, I can't find a, a word better than that other than I, I feel like they wanted to do this years ago and just couldn't because they were competitive. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, it, it just, it always, it will never cease to be funny that the Cubs manipulated Chris Bryant's um, service time so blatantly to get an extra year out of him. And that's this year and they're going to try to get rid of him beforehand. I mean, if they had not done that, he'd have been a free agent at the end of last year, and they'd let him go. I mean, and they'd have been able to save the money. So it came back to bite them, and it really deserves to have because yeah. of, of you know, how clearly they've done that. And obviously, they're not the only ones that do that. But Yeah. Um, that yeah. whole conversation just makes me think that Theo was like, okay, I'm tired of butting heads. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. You know, however that worked. Yeah, I know he says he had a 10-year plan. He's 10 years in places, and that – it's fair. I, I think it's reasonable. And you could make that argument that maybe John Mosellock needs to, to look in the mirror on that too. I mean, I, you know, I'm a big John Mosellock fan. Um, but there is an argument to be made that new voices and new people in charge need to be there. And I know he bumped up and Michael Gersh is supposed to, but let's be honest. I mean, as far as, as far as the outside, I could tell you nothing changed except that yeah. I've got a new salary and new, new title. Um, so maybe it's, you know, and I, I made this argument actually when they, they got Mo, which obviously has worked out for them, but the idea that they needed to go outside the organization and get somebody different, give somebody that hasn't been indoctrinated in the Cardinal way, if you will. I mean, obviously there's traditions and the things that they do need to be respected, but sometimes you just need that outside perspective of here, let's add this to, or let's do it this way. Um, while we're still respecting that, um, and whenever the time comes for them to, you know, for John Mosellock to move on, and I don't know when that is, um, you know, honestly, I would really like to see them, you know, 
John was when he moved up, he was going to be this big picture guy and leave kind of the day to day stuff to Gersh. I'd really like to see him be able to do that and to yeah. be that big picture guy to to look at stuff and look at trends and do that kind of stuff and let somebody else be the face of the thing and be the one that's making the deals and things like that. And then if they ever do it that way, then, you know, getting somebody outside the organization would be great. But, um, you know, there does come a time where there needs to be something, but you're right. I think Epstein probably did get a little bit tired of, of knowing the cost cutting was coming. He decided to get out while he didn't have to actually do it. Yeah, he would have been the bad guy in that. And yeah, that's uh, you know, it's funny. I, I worry that the Cardinals haven't fallen into a, a, a group think kind of situation because I mean, when we've had the meetings with them, they have said right. they like to have that dissenting opinion. You right. know, they, right. they want arguments. They want growth that way. You just kind of wonder if that's kind of disappeared recently and not and not just due to everybody being yes, man. It's just sometimes that you know, things do grow stale and you kind of wonder about that and, uh, you know, where they stand. But we probably won't be able to answer that question this year. Hopefully, maybe next year. But yeah, uh, but you know, that's it. It's it, it's kind of weird because there is an element of complacency. You know, now if they take off and, and win, you know, I'll 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 give credit where it's due. But uh, but yeah, that's that's what it seems like to me. They're just uh, a little bit of complacency that turns into fear. Yeah. Yeah, I, I asked that question a few years ago about, and, and, and how do you stay away from that? And what you're right, what he said is, we always assign somebody to be the opposite opinion, and we always sleep yeah. on it before we make the deal. But you know, some degree, I think that if you're in that, if you're in that environment, sometimes you don't even know the best arguments against. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That you, yeah, you may argue it, but you may not. You're arguing it from one point of view, and if you're outside the organization or somebody that hadn't been there very much, you can argue something differently that maybe is a little bit more effective. I don't know. I'm obviously not there, and I'm uh, they're not actually going to put us in the room, so which is good. But um, but it does feel like you know a little bit more somebody to push Mo a little bit, or even and it, again we we say a lot about Mo. It may be some from Dewitt too. I mean, because that's a lot of time Mo is yes, doing that. I agree. I agree with that. I think that it, it is a higher up situation than that. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, you're, to go back, I think we started with the games and we got way off those topics, but, um, it's, that's this time of year though. Yeah, I get pretty yeah, it's going to be, I mean, you're going to do that and it's, and it's fair. Um, I will say, as you talked about not being surprised about the split and I think that's, that's understandable. I was just very surprised at how it was split. You know, you, you send a Wainwright and Kim, you kind of think you got a pretty good chance to, to win. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, it was just a, and I hope, I'm sure it was, just a one day, you know, off thing for Kim. Um, but that was, you know, I think we covered somewhat with his fly ball ratio, afraid that a day like that was coming. And it did. That was the, the mark was not going to hold a lot of those balls. That was the part that surprised me the most. Is the uh, I, I I wasn't surprised at the split. I was surprised how it happened and how bad Kim looked, and that that do that made me a little more concerned, you know, about things moving forward. I was like, "Whoa, man, the ball's flying out of here." Um, yeah, yeah, and it looked like to me. I mean, I was partly watching the game, partly had other things going on, but at least a couple of those early ones it didn't look like necessarily Kim made a bad pitch. Um, you know, some of them sure were, but at least one, I think one of Reyes's home runs looked like it was at least on the outside part of the plate and got the bad hair on it and, you know, the, the barrel on it and it went a long way, but um, it was, you know, some of those same pitches that Kim probably makes in Bush stadium and the ball just kind of, kind of dies um, or, you know, and just, just not quite as sharp. It's, it's, it happens, right? I mean, every pitcher is going to have one of those games during the year where they just kind of get beat around. They don't have it. And we hope that that's the only situation that um, we see out of Kim this year. We'll, we'll, we'll find out now Yeah. to go to, to tie that back into our discussions. There has been talk if the Cardinals wanted to sell, which they don't, but if they did to trade KK, cause he's probably the most effective starting pitcher and he's not under contract for next year. Um, I, you know, what, what would you think about that in general? I, that would be one of the pieces that you would have to move. 
you know, just because he fits that model. I don't think that was ever part of the plan. And I pro- I would think that he's probably going to come back next year regardless, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I never thought that was pretty, I didn't think, I didn't think there was much traction to that. Yeah. And I, I think there's an extra element we don't think about with him because, you know, it's a guy that's come over from Japan and, you know, um, or Korea and, um, you know, he's got all, you know, he's got his interpreter. It's, it's a whole thing. I just don't see the Cardinals uprooting him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, if, if he wanted to move, that's one thing. I just can't see them uprooting him for a couple of months. It's a little bit different than a normal, you know, player that's, you know, here with his family, all that stuff. You know, he's had a lot. He's had a rough time since becoming a Cardinal because of the pandemic and everything like that. Yes. But personally, I just can't see them uprooting that. Um, you know, again, even if they could get, even if they were, 15 games out. I just don't think they would, I think they'd leave him. And, and the other thing is, is they need people to throw the ball. You know, they got enough trouble as it is um, to cover innings. Uh, Swipping out a guy that's at least going to give you five or six uh, might not be the best idea either. Yeah. 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 That, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it's here. We are thinking that these are the, uh, you know, the big two that they need a big three. I mean, how big are the two? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I have a lot of confidence in him, and and I really like watching Kim pitch. So, you know, it's tough for me to say anything bad. Yeah, and I think again, I, I like him. I like KK, and it looks like I think we're we didn't as much last year, but we're seeing a lot more of his personality this year, just even on the mound. And yeah, you know, he doesn't seem to take things. I mean, he was you know he was laughing after those home runs, just like <laughs> you know, because you had to laugh or cry, you know, that kind of thing. It wasn't that he wasn't taking it seriously. It's like what I got, it's, it's that kind of day, you know? Yeah. Um, now you've got Wayne, Wright, You've got Kim. And then now we're getting closer to Michaelis and Flaherty coming back. Both of which have done rehab starts. Michaelis makes his second rehab start tonight. Cardinals are saying mid August for both of those guys. I'm still the, I'm still of the opinion, get them to 45 or 50 or 60 pitches in the minor leagues and then bring them up and let them, you know, even if they're just, you know, develop those last 30, 40 pitches in the big league, that's stamina. Because, you know, from what we've seen, the stuff is fine. It's just building up stamina. And I, I'd almost rather them do that in the big league level at let Gant and Woodford, you know, piggyback on them or whatever the case may be and get some of that value up here versus, you know, mid-August. By the time they come back in mid-August, and I know that's the first Brewer series, but yeah, Cardinals could be, 12 games back and it wouldn't matter. I agree. Completely agree. That's what I was going to tell you. I don't, I, one thing that they haven't, one thing that the, that the poor June has, has given them is a lack of time. Hmm. So they're not, they don't get to play very much with it. Now the Cardinals are going to be as patient as can be because they're going to point to long-term investment and all the things that we had heard before. But if you're going to stay, if you're going to say it and you're going to stay in the, uh, stay in the race mm-hmm. and use this as your trade, be it Flaherty and Michaelis coming off the, the, uh, the, the IL, well, then you got to roll the dice and let them pitch, right. you know, instead of tinker in Memphis. I mean, that's, I completely agree with you. I, f- I feel like that that's the one gamble they're going to have to do. Yeah. But I also think that, you know, I think it kind of goes in with looking at next year is, you know, they're not too worried about what happens. I think they know in the front office that this isn't going to happen. And, while they may make a move or whatever, they're not going to run the risk of Flaherty, especially not being available for next year. Even though I, I mean, I don't know the, how much the risk is of versus pitching in Memphis versus pitching in the big league. When yeah. You know, when you're on a pitch count, I mean, the pressure is it wasn't an arm injury. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's the thing. And obliques are tough. I mean, I, there's no doubt about it. I understand. But uh, the lack of wear and tear on the arm is the thing to me, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't get it. They obviously know more about what they want to do in baseball and stuff like that. But it just seems to me that you've got to be aggressive in this situation if you if you want to you know pretend like you're actually trying this year in a you know at a situation where they are at now. You know maybe this means that they're full speed by the time you know they face the Brewers, but I think they would be anyway. Um, I don't know why they're so hesitant 
I mean, I get why a little bit, but I, I still feel like they're like overly cautious on these guys, especially, and you know, even if you want to do that with Flaherty, fine and dandy. Michaelis, you know, you've pretty much wasted that contract anyway, right? You know, he, 19 wasn't great. Out all of 20. He's been out pretty much all of 21. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's expendable by any means, but if you want to, you know, if you're not 100% sure this is a great thing, test, you know, test your carbon freezing chamber on him instead of, you know, on, on solo instead of Skywalker um, and let Michaelis come up and see how it goes. And then maybe that lets Flaherty come up. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. The uh, yeah, I don't know. And you know what? It's funny. I, I, I hate looking to the schedule, but how much does that have to play into this? Yeah. You know, knowing that you have, you can't city Pittsburgh, Kansas city right at this front. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I. I'm a, not a fan of play. I mean, of counting on wins in the big, in a, on a big uh, on a big league schedule. Sure. Sure. You know? I mean, because you know, we we did that to some degree in June, and we saw what happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, these guys get paid to play as well. Right. I mean, but again, you know, even if you win, you know, and I don't know how many of their games there are here. Of Wally, what? Fifteen. 15 before you get to the Brewers game, you'd have to win about 10 of those. And I don't, 10 out of 15 is hard at any time, uh, even if you are playing some good teams. And, yeah. Uh, you know, you're in bad teams, and they are. I mean, they get the Royals, they get the Pirates, both of which are, well, I don't get the Royals. Royals traded Duffy, but <clears throat> Duffy's uh, hurt anyway. We probably wouldn't have seen him. Um, Pirates obviously have traded some, may trade some more, um, and they've struggled anyway, but you're right. You know, as soon as you think that you go in there and lose two out of three in Pittsburgh and then, you know, you're kind of kind of doomed. So, yeah, <clears throat> I'm sure that if if they didn't have the games of the Brewers and they didn't have this soft schedule here in, in August, I, you know, I wonder if their approach might not be a little bit different of them saying, you know, look, we we really don't have a shot this year. But then, you know, go, yeah, no, so, just go to your Twitter real quick. Oh, goodness. Now what? Mm. Uh, well, Paston's breaking the news that Cardinals fans would want to hear. Uh, oh, the Dodgers now, huh? Oh, and Turner. For both. Oh, my goodness gracious. Look yes. at that. They have been giving up a ton if that happens. Man. So, um, I would but, like to see it because I. it's funny. I was uh, at the Y this, early this morning, and that's where the uh, drillers front office, that's where they work out. And we're usually mm-hmm. at the same time. And I told them, I said, how many guys are packing? And they kind of hemmed and hawed. I said, I don't know if you'll get affected in Tulsa. I said, but I bet Oklahoma City does, especially if they're going to go get uh, if they're going to go get Scherzer because that's where uh, Ruiz is, the catcher that's a stud, and you know he's next in line for uh, for a Dodgers promotion. So I just wonder if he's being dangled for anything. But the Dodger system's loaded. I mean, there's three you know uh, pipeline top ten guys right now in Tulsa. Yeah. So. They, they have the pieces to move. It's just a rich get richer type situation. And then I see here that Heyman's posting that, uh, uh, you know, that there's connections to Bryant and the Mets. Now, they've been talking about that for quite some time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Just, uh, and just that, sound- that division, man, you just, you kind of wish the Cardinals were over there, right? Um, because, <laughs> you know, right now they'd only be like two or three games out behind the Mets. And, and, yeah. um, could be interesting, but, um, yeah, that's a that is an interesting situation if the Dodgers go out and get both of those guys. And you're right, you'd be right anyway. That there'd be a lot of people in in Tulsa packing even if they're only going to Oklahoma City. Yeah, uh, fill in those holes that are going that's to go. True. That's got to be. I mean, I'm sure they're well. The Dodgers. I think it's Scherzer done. I don't think he's owed anything, right? It was the way his contract. Written <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's what it sounded and, like. And Turner's probably, you know, Turner's not expensive, so it's not the money situation. It's not that the money's ever an issue for the Dodgers anyway. But uh, so there's got to be what three, four of those guys go. Well, right? Yeah, what? Uh, I hope this breaks in 20 minutes. <laughs> Or 10 minutes now, I guess. But it, it, here's the deal. What in the heck are they going to do with Seager and those guys? I don't know. That's nuts. Well, and it's, it's like what we we put that tweet out from the Brewers, right? Yes. You Just know, keep get, get yeah. players, and then you worry about it. And if they're not yeah. happy that they're not playing, then I guess it's a good problem to have. Yeah, they'll be happy when you win a title, you know? Yeah. Unbelievable. But it also would think it would make Seager 
available in the off season, which I would be all over. Um, the Cardinals may not. I would. <laughs> um, yeah. When's what's his contract status? Seager's up this year, I believe. Is he a, is he a free agent now? Yeah, let me let me double I check that. Right. I was thinking that's right because I know that he's in the uh, you know he's going to be in the shortstop frenzy. Okay, so they're basically saying he's gone. I would think so. Playing this year, I, maybe you know that's. Uh, I've always felt like he's going to end up at third base anyway, but uh, yeah. you know what do I know? But yeah. uh, it it's one of those, in, but you know. It's their guy. Yeah, he's a free agent, twenty-two. So um, the uh, you know they're not going to move Turner, you know, and I don't know. I, I'm I want to see the return on this. This yeah. that's what could be really interesting, and it'll probably be about two in the morning. Possibly so. It was funny the last time, uh, you know, one of the early shows we had this year. We were recording it with uh, Jeff Goldman. Was when they did the Arnado trade. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, maybe recording tonight. Maybe something would break while we are putting it together and well if it did it wasn't for, it wasn't for the cardinals it wasn't uh, you know you know and it's, and it's something that people have pointed out a little bit too cardinals haven't even been really tied to anybody i mean and not that they usually do because they're usually a team that doesn't leak and they keep things close to the vest and blah blah, blah. but usually it's like you know the cardinals have checked in on this guy or the cardinals are one of the eight teams that are looking at this guy or something and you haven't heard a whisper of what the Cardinals are looking are I mean, there's not anybody out there that if the trade was made right now, you would say, Oh yeah, okay, they were talking about that. Yeah. I mean I mean if they got anybody I mean, it would at best it would be this is a guy that we've been talking about. I'm glad they did it, but it's not anybody that they seem to have been connected to. Yeah, and it's. I was thinking about that to where a lot of the times you're just you're just like, well, when it's quiet, that usually means they're about to strike. But I just don't feel like there's been any movement on anything. Kind of like you said, you know, it's you see all the guys that are linked to Barrios and are you know Barrios and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Gibson and and all those guys. And the, the, I mean, they're on the ancillary, you know, outside, but you don't you don't hear them linked at all. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a frustrating time. Yeah. And I mean, it's, and it is partly because they don't, you know, they're not talking to the press and nobody in the front office is. It's a little bit surprising that the agent side of things or the, you know, other teams haven't been enough, you know, cause you know, Scott Boris, I'm sure leaks stuff all the time. That's how we know, you know, various things here and there that, you know, okay. They're talking to so many teams, I, you know, so here we are, you know, seven fifteen. You know, this time tomorrow night, the Cardinals are playing yeah. uh, against the Twins. Do they have a new member on their team? I'm going to say no. And I, I mean, it's just I, it's I. A lot of cold water because I kind of thought there would, but I just I'm just not convinced. And not that I thought they would even do anything by now. Or wait, I don't. I've just. I'm just so apathetic to it at this point. I know yeah. that, you know, and that, and that I can't stand feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is frustrating. I don't know. I don't know what's more frustrating to be tied to a lot of players that they never get or to not be tied to anybody. Yeah. You know, um, because at least in the past, you know, and again, it's his off season, but you know, the Goldschmidt, the Harpers, the Art Autos, the, you know, even, you know, Price and um, Stanton and people that didn't come. At least you had names that could, could focus on something. And you know now it's just like, well, they need a pitcher. Um, they could use a bench bat. They could use a number of bench bats. But you know who is that guy? What are they going to do? How are they going to use them? Yeah. And I, I got it. I got to think it's going to be really hard for John Mosellock to come out tomorrow and say, "Well, we tried. We just couldn't get anything done. Uh, we kind of like what we've got." everybody was asking too much, blah, 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 blah. When you've already kind of said we need innings, you know, not even, uh, yeah. we don't even need quality. That's a great point. Innings. Yeah. So, that's a great point because I was thinking we were just going to get the, uh, get the same presser that we have the last few years. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that makes sense. Um, feels, uh, feels weird. Um, 
we had uh, we did ask if if people wanted us to talk about other things, and, and then we wound up running for an hour anyway. Um, you might check out uh, Ben's Rudy's got a, a trade deadline post over at Birds on the Black. He's got four or five trades that are out there. I, you know, you take see what you what you think about them. Uh, some are interesting. Some, I mean, he's trying to trade off Alec Burleson, and you know, you're not trading off the Patreon prospect already. So <laughs> forget that. Uh, you know, um, but you know. And, you know, you've got to give to get. And I think Ben's done a good job of, of lining that out. Um, check that out over there and see, um, you know, and then hit him up and tell him if you agree, if you don't agree. Um, but uh, there were some there were some interesting ones. They're all for pitchers. Um, and that's, you know, again, what the Cardinals seem to need the most. Although, boy, I mean, this, this weekend in Cincinnati, they could have used uh, a, another, another bench back. There were a couple of spots where, yeah, that, you know, a, yes. a, being able to pinch hit and uh, you know could have could have been the difference in the game. Yeah, and that's you just feel like there's areas where they could improve like that that wouldn't have to be the big splash and mm-hmm. and, and just foot. I mean, I I can't imagine what it would have liked to have been a, a veteran lefty bat, you know, to have there for uh, one of the pinch hitting roles or your fourth outfield role or something. It's just I don't know. It's amazing to me that uh, they continue to kind of miss the boat on that. Yeah. Yeah, and there were so I mean, you know, and and maybe if they had different pitching staff or different bullpen, they could have done it too. There was a couple times that Woodford game, you know, he came up early, like fourth inning or something with the bases loaded and two outs. Yeah. And it was like, man, I wish they could pitch hit here, but who's going to cover those five innings? Yeah. Too, you know, if, if he does, even if he, if he's, even if the pinch hitter is successful, so how do you cover that up? So Daniel, I just got this. Keep it, uh, Ruiz was scratched from Oklahoma City Dodgers lineup. Ah, uh, well, yep, there you go. So why who we, who, yep, that's uh catcher of the future in Washington. Yeah, he's a stud be, too. That's uh, that'll be it. That'll be part of that deal for sure. So yeah, um, and it does look like you said. I see that. Yeah, about Bryant seems to be picking up again. Um, it's gonna be a fun evening to be a fan of other teams. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kate Cunningham went number one in the draft tonight. Ah, okay. Oklahoma State. You know. Ah, there you go. There you go. So it's another, it's not baseball. I have no clue. So, yeah, <laughs> well, I think I'd seen I, that. I didn't realize where he played, but um, yeah, you know what? Let me, let me speaking of a baseball gripe, mm-hmm. baseball and softball aren't going to succeed on the, on the Olympic platform when you can't watch it. Mm, yeah. yeah. It bothers me. I wish there was a play. I wish there was a pay-per-view option, at least for the baseball. You know, I seem like a lot of softball was on, but uh I wish there was some baseball. That's another gripe that I have. Not in the best mood today. I'm sorry, fellas. I mean, maybe <laughs> I usually try to bring the positivity on this, and I don't think that happened. Uh, you know, baseball is always going to have problems with the Olympics just because of summer. Um, yeah. And and they're not going to – like, you know, they didn't let Libertor go over there this year, yeah. even though he may not, may not come up, uh, which, I, you know, I hate that to some for him because I'm the opportunity to play for your country, and that would have been pretty cool. But, you know, Memphis needs pitchers and the Cardinals might, and you don't want to run the risk of somebody getting hurt over there. You know, it's not like, and I don't, you couldn't do it for baseball, what you do for hockey, right? And what hockey took like two weeks off. Yeah. They went played for the Olympics and then they came back. You know, I don't think that works for baseball because, got, you know, that's a lot of downtime. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't see, you know, but without that star power, I just, you know, College yeah, it's, and stuff is, is it, it, great, but it, I don't it, think it gets people looking. No, no, no. And as a baseball fan, I mean, I'm going to watch it regardless. Right. I mean, that's just what it is, and that's that's why also why the World Baseball Classic can't get out of its own way because yeah. there's no perfect time to play it. Yeah, yeah. They're really, I mean, I've enjoyed. They're awesome. Yeah, and they're kind of makes sense to play them in spring training, but um, you know, you have to try to time it. Are they playing that next year? Oh gosh, it was. I think it might have been scheduled for this year, and then it got. Yeah, I, I think it was even pushed back two years. To be honest with you, it's been a while since they've done one. Yep. Um, let's see. Postponed indefinitely for the qualifiers. So mm. that, uh, yeah. yeah, that would have to be. Yeah, doesn't really help. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't remember what was it. See, they played it in 06 was the first one. Okay, here we go. Yeah, 17 was the last time they played it. Wow, it didn't seem uh, like that long ago. Yeah, I played 6, 9, 
and 13, 17. So they would have, yeah, should have played it 2021, somewhere in there. So at best, and I, I, I can't see us playing next year. Yeah. Because. Well, the qualifiers mean everything to those countries. You know what I mean? So yeah. almost impossible. And you just can't play them right now. No. Well, you may not be able to until next year at this rate, then, at the rate we're going. What happens even if you can play, but the CBAs, if there, if there's a strike yeah. or a lockout, yeah, I mean, you're done there. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's any real, I mean, they got qualified, I got people that will be able to play, but, um, you know, the teams that are in there, but it just doesn't look like there's any particular determination of when that's going to happen. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of different things. And that's just, you know, the difference between baseball and a lot of those other sports is you got to play, you know, you got to play three or four games. You can't play, you can't just pick a pickup game of basketball or something. Yeah. Like that. Um, and, and it just, the season just doesn't work. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. yeah crazy. It is. All right. Well, um, and we didn't get any Star Wars stuff in. I'm sorry. Uh, there's some people wanting that. And um, I mean, I could do another hour on that myself, probably just for, yeah. nobody wants to, nobody wants me to do that. So um, we'll be with you next week uh, to talk about, <laughs> we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Hopefully we're talking about a new Cardinal or two. Uh, hopefully we're talking about a winning streak. Uh, good chance we're talking about a 500 team. That's just kind of, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but until then, that is Alan. I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. Stunned in disbelief here.